Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to After Extra Time. I'm your host once again. It's Greeny. And again, I'm just joined with one other host, and that is again Jacko. I'm all right, mate. Um, yeah, I think Ali, uh, I think Jack, mate, is hiding, mate. Cockroach well, yeah, <laughs> he, he moans that he hosts the international breaks, but it's the only chance he can have a chat about football and not get wound up that Derby lost. So why he's not turned up today, I don't know. Um, no, no, you'll get as yeah, good as mine. Um, yeah, but... Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just me and Jacko today. I'm going to kick it straight in, mate. Um, so let's talk about before I go to internationals, yeah. Jacko. What I do want to talk about is again Jack's team yeah. derby. Eventually, Koku's been sacked. We said it's been on the cards for a while. Is it a chance now for Wayne Rooney to take the shoes um, and step in, or do you feel he won't? It's got to be his decision, I think. Um, if if Derby want to go down that route, then you know obviously that that door is available. Obviously, Jack the week before was obviously talking about um, the potential for Derby's takeover to be to be completed. So yeah, if if that's on the cards, do they want Rooney there, or are they going to bring in a bigger name, managerial name wise, um, and has, have sort of Rooney as a player assistant manager instead of player coach? That way, and he can sort of shadow and get better ideas, um, which probably makes a bit more sense because I think if you, you're going to want to try and keep Derby up, and if if you see Rooney as an integral part of your playing staff, you want him to focus on being a player and not being a player coach. Yeah, I mean, after international break, mate, from what I'm gather, it's going to be Wayne Rooney and Shay Gibbon. Going to take charge yeah, I mean, that's not a bad sort of backroom staff. You know, they've got a ton of experience at sort of Premier League and international level, the pair of them. Um, and you sort of see them, you know, in coaching or management further on down the line. Um, it's just whether or not Rooney's prepared to sort of do it for the rest of the season or he's just doing it until January when, you know, the window comes open and they can have a new manager come in. Or it is just until the takeover is completed. Obviously, you don't know. Um, but regardless, I think Derby are in a, um, a plummeting situation that, that they need to get sorted out very, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, do you feel if, if um, Wayne does step into the shoes, you, you won't see him play as much? Or do you still feel he'll um, I don't think he'll play him as much. Um, you know, going back from personal experience, seeing Dennis Wise at Millwall, he, you know, McGee brought him in and he was a player. And then sort of at the start of the 2003-2004 season, he'd become sort of a player coach, but he was still heavily involved in the starting eleven. When McGee left, um, obviously he had Ray Wilkins with him. And so he sort of, he'd play some of the games. He'd then sit on the bench and manage for the others. 
um, and then go from there, really. So it's it's going to be hit and miss, but again, it's all down to what Rooney wants to do. Um, I think Rooney's, yeah. uh, you know, I think Rooney's out there to, to prove a point to people. So he may just he, he may want to sort of take it on the back burner a bit and just coach for a bit and see how he gets on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting times for Derby fans. I'm sure mm. Jack would agree. Um, so we'll, it'd be interesting after the international break, but. Let's move on to about the internationals, yeah. Jacko. Um, first of all, before I start with the internationals, I just want to show respect to um, Ray Clements, who's uh, yeah. passed away at the age of 72. Yeah, yeah it's very news. surprising. Um, you know, it, with everything that's going on this year, it's sort of, mm. you just don't expect it, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a shame to, to see that news this afternoon and, I don't know it's very unlikely that they'd be listening to this, but you know our, our thoughts are out there for for Ray and his family and or Ray's family and and hope they they cope as well as they can. Yeah, yeah, same here as well. Um, right, moving on to some better news for some Scotland mm. fans. They've qualified yeah. mate, for the Euros. Did you watch? No, did you watch I didn't. the game? Um, it shows how much interested I am in Scottish football and Scott. Potential <laughs> qualification for Scotland, but you know, it's you'd like to see the home nations get involved in the major tournaments as often as possible. So you know, seeing them mm. reaching the the first major tournament since '98 is amazing. Um, I hope I'm, I, I was talking to my um, other half about this the other, the other day, and I just said I, I hope I hope that Corona is gone by the time the Euros come round because if if Scotland are there at a major tournament and their fans can't attend, it's going to be devastating. Um, and I, I just hope that by that point we're sort of back to how it was pre-COVID last year, and we've got fans in the stadium because the, the Scots will love it, guarantee it. I don't think there'll be a, a sober sober Scots Scottish football fan around for about three weeks in June next year. Um, so yeah, so I work fair play to him, and you know I think Steve Clark's done a good job. Um, I know we sort of mocked about the fact that you know Scotland went nine games. I know they lost tonight against Slovakia. They went nine games and beaten in, yeah. in I think the majority of the competitions that they played. So you know they have shown an incredible sort of rise in form. Um, I think a lot of their players that probably would have been part of Scottish squads that didn't do so well a couple of years ago have now got sort of first team experience at sort of higher league level. And so they're stepping into those those roles now. I mean, you look at the likes of McGinn, Robertson, Griffiths, mm. um, to, to name a few, they're sort of big, big names now um, for Scottish football. So you sort of just hope that it continues for a while. And I think... Steve Clark's an, an incredible job there. Yeah, well, I totally agree. I mean, how do you think they're fair in the group now with England, Czech Republic, and you put me on the spot. Who's the other one? Croatia. Um, it's a tough group. In that group? It's a tough group. Um, you'd have to favour England and Croatia. Um, I think looking at past, you know, especially from the World Cup, you'd have to look at those two. Um, I, I, you could. I mean, Scotland like to draw yeah. a load of games, don't they? I mean, they drew the last two, mate, to get through. They yeah. won on penalties. Obviously, I don't feel draws. No, are and I think yeah, I think you have to look at on paper. England squad is is far superior to Scotland's, um, but. You know, mm. I know that the Euros next year is is chopping and changing cities. So I don't know if Scotland are actually involved in in hosting one or not. But they are. Yeah, yeah so, they've got Hampden yeah, Park. Yeah, so two if games. they can get the England game at Hampden Park, I, I think they'd love it. Um, and they might, they might. For what they've said, mate, is um, Scotland's playing at Wembley, and then Scotland have got Croatia at Hampden. Right. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, it's going to be big for them if they can nick a result. Um, I think if they can finish sort of best of the rest in that group, I think they'll be chuffed with that. Mm. Yeah, and moving on to obviously mm. Northern Ireland, 
unfortunately no. didn't make it. They got knocked out by Slovakia and yeah. beat Scotland tonight. I mean, I was hoping Northern Ireland went through as well, like you say, to yeah. all the home nations in, but I just don't feel their squad, Jacko, to me is no, it's good it's, enough to compete at that It's sort of a young level. squad from what I understand. Um, uh, it's sort of young in terms of international caps. Um, I think they always seem to struggle with goal scorers um, and creating opportunities. I think they've always sort of been a team that's relied heavily on defensively sound and sort of utilising set pieces um, to sort of create their chances. I know Michael O'Neill did really, really well with them um, to get them to, I think it was Euro 2016. Um, mm. And it just that when you saw them there, it looked a bit of a, of a, a step too far for them. Um, but as you, you know, I think we've sort of discussed on it, the talent pool in Northern Ireland is minute compared to the likes of England. Um, so, you know, they, they have to nurture these these kids and hope they get spotted by the sort of big Premier League championship clubs and, and hopefully can be developed into players that can take that national side forward. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure how they're getting on tonight, but you sort of hope that they can sort of be there or thereabouts for qualification mm. again for the World Cup. Um, yeah, it would. would be nice, wouldn't it? I mean, also, mate, I'm just going to touch on Wales as well. I mean, they drew nil nil the other night to the USA. Not the best of results, but obviously, again, manager lost Wales at the minute with Giggsy obviously yeah. suspended from his role. Do you feel that's a massive hit for Wales not having um, Giggsy there or...? Do you feel it's just a friendly game, nothing to play for? I think they have to take it seriously. Um, mm. Yeah, I, the the gigs thing I think may be a an issue, um, but this is where the sort of the sort of leaders in that dressing room now have to sort of stand up and be accounted and sort of say, right, this is we we need to make sure we're not shown to be hung over from the fact that Giggs has been suspended. We have to prove a point. We have to prove why we're, we're good enough to wear the, the red shirt. And we have to go out there and, and send a message that, you know, we are still there and, and still dangerous. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, but I, I think I'd, I'd fancy Wales in it. Um, but you've just got to hope that the players come out with the right mentality for the game. Do you feel Wales Wales have more of a chance than Scotland, Jacko, when it comes to the Euros? Um, if, again, does it I think A, it depends on the group, well? and B, it depends if they can keep all of their key players fit. I know we had a Facebook Live and um, DP messaged us and he was talking about Wales and, and the mm. sort of injuries that they had at the time. And it's a significant list that the, the, Wales, that the Welsh players were missing at the time. So... Yeah, if if they can keep all of their key players fit, um, I, I think they'll do a lot better than Scotland. But again, it's it's the, the luck of the draw as well. Um, if they can get a couple of reasonably easier ties than than expected, then yeah, I, I think they've got a good chance. Yeah, definitely. Um, before I move on to a, talking about another international side, I'm just looking mm. at the group stages here, Jack. So yeah. I want to get your opinions on each group. So, uh, so in Group A, we've got Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. I mean, what, what uh, two there would set your eye to? You'd have off? to look at Italy and Wales. I think. I think I, I could definitely see them getting a result against Turkey. Switzerland may be a bit of a tougher one. Um, I know that obviously they they progressed. I think to the last sixteen of the World Cup. Um, so yeah. You know, Switzerland aren't ones to be sort of underestimated. Um, but I think you'd have to look at Italy as being group favourites for that. Yeah, definitely. I think I have to agree. Um, mm. Moving on to Group B, which I find is a bit more difficult group myself, is Denmark, Finland, Belgium and Russia. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I think three. Yeah, definitely. I think Russia easy. showed how good they can be. You know, they, they performed in front of their home crowds at the World Cup. Denmark have got a good side, even if they were sort of 
quite lacklustre when they played us the other week. Um, Belgium, yeah. I think Belgium have got to be one of the top teams for the Euros this year. They really have to be. Um, so if if Belgium would have to look at getting some maximum points out of that group, um, I, I really do think yeah. that I, I do think they're up there with the likes of France, um, the the likes mm. of. I would say Germany. I think Germany is still a good side, um, especially with some of the younger talent that's coming through now. Um, so yeah, I, I expect those those three to, to be up there by the end. I mean, Finland. Would you what would you make of their chances? I mean, obviously, one name yeah. that stands out to me is Puki from Norwich, but I, I, I don't think they've yeah, got enough I, I, I think if, to qualify. If Finland can finish third, that's a good tournament for them. It really, really is. Um, yeah. If anything above that is is miraculous, in my opinion, I don't think Finland are going to advance into the next round. But then again, if if they're changing the format, you know, but they changing how many more teams qualify, so there is a potential chance for them to go through. So we'd have to see. But yeah, I, I think That's I true. certainly think it'd probably be along the lines of Belgium, then Denmark or Russia, and then Finland. Yeah, Group C is a good one. Um, obviously, North Macedonia have done an upset and they've, they've qualified, which is great for them. Uh, but in their group, they've got a tough group, actually. They've got Austria, Ukraine yeah. and Netherlands in that. Um, very tough group to see that. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, ne- Netherlands are not the same squad for me since um, no, Koeman's but gone. but I think with, with the, the players that they've... Yeah, on paper that Dutch side is a very strong one. Um, so you, you'd sort of think that they'd, they'd turn up for the Euros. Um, who were the other teams in that group, sorry? Yeah. You've got uh, Ukraine, Austria. Yeah, and see, I think it's um, a pick of the rest, to be honest. Uh, I think Austria have yeah. got a couple of decent players, so have Ukraine. Um so yeah, it's a bit tougher, but I definitely see Netherlands. I, I, I would expect to see Netherlands at the top of that table by the end of the group stages. Yeah, while we're on Netherlands, it was obviously mm. they played in the uh, in midweek. Aki yeah. got off injured after four minutes. It's got to be a big yeah, blow for it is, old it is big. Um, I'm surprised they would have played him. To be honest, the fact that he'd been out injured for quite a period of time at Man City, and you know, I, I still maintain that. Pep's best back four will be Walker, Diaz, Laporte and Ake. But obviously Ake is, is showing mm. the reasons why, you know, he, mm. you know, he was, you know, I think he had a good season at Bournemouth, but obviously that big injury at the end sort of hampered it. And I think that's going to come back to buy him. I think that he's going to have a bit of a, uh, a tough season. I think there's going to be a few injuries there. Um, so it's going to be a case to see if they can sort of get him through to the end of the season, um, especially if Van Dijk's not going to be there for the, the Dutch. That's going to be a big blow for them. So they're going to need sort of experience at the back yeah, to sort of bring them up. But, you know, you've got the lit there. Ake, if he's fit, uh, you've got Blind. Um, you've got Blind. So there's there's a few there that you'd expect to sort of cover. Um, but I would have thought, yeah, I would have thought Ake would be would be desperate or would be integral for that Dutch side this summer. Yeah, I mean, moving on to Group D, I know we yeah. spoke about this group um, previously. Is England, Croatia, Scotland, and Czech? Let's just touch on a bit about England. Yeah, they played Republic of Ireland. I thought they played yeah. really well. Greenish um, was phenomenal. Well, I'd have to say, um, what, what did you make of that game? Uh, personally, I would have expected us to do that anyway. Um, the, the Irish, the Republic of Ireland side isn't what it used to be. Um, again, it's one of those, uh, I think Simon, Simon Cox talked about it the other week, where, again, that's a very inexperienced side for sort of national level. Um, but, you know, it was good to see British start and put in a good performance. Maguire looked a lot better. Sancho looked good. Um, you know, so there's... There was positives to be had for sure. Obviously, tonight's going to be such a big game. Um, you'd like to think that they'd give Belgium um, a, a run for their money tonight. 
Um, I, I, would I? It's in Belgium as well. Would, would you really see Belgium dropping points at home to England? Maybe. Um, yeah, I could probably see a draw, and that would probably be a best, best result to get, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think, like you say, mm. it depends what team turns up for both sides, mate. I mean, from from the team Southgate pulled out against Ireland, can you still see that being the um, same, or can you see the likes of the bigger names? I definitely feel keep Greenish like in there. Um, I know people are sort of fifty-fifty about him whether or not he should be in an England shirt. You know, the, the some of the performances for Villa this season have been very, very good. Um, at times, England have lacked that creative spark um, in a sort of very defensive-minded uh, system. So perhaps Grealish playing would um, give them that option. Um, if it would work, you know, how would it work with Sterling? Would he play Sterling on the uh, sort of a natural right side and, and Grealish on the left? Or would they play Grealish out of position on the right-hand side? Or do they go two up top with Grealish sitting behind Kane and potentially Sterling up front or Rashford? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Um, but I, I do feel that they need to have some sort of creative spark in the middle of, of, of that midfield um, to sort of help transition from the, the wing backs going forward and and Kane up front yeah I couldn't agree but the, what I'm trying to work out mate and uh, maybe you can answer it yeah. is obviously Pope kept a clean sheet um, do, you, do you feel he'll stay in tonight's game I personally I'll keep him in I, I don't have an issue with Pope I, uh, me and my, my dad had an heated argument about this um, a few weeks back about who would be better in goal at the moment, Pope or Pickford? Um, I feel there's there's a few questions with regards to Pickford's mentality um, at the minute. So I'd definitely go with Pope. I know Pope's part of a bad Burnley side, but I think with Burnley's issues, it's more going forward and getting goals than it is at the back. I think since Ben Mee's come back, they've looked a, a lot more solid. So, yeah, I'd, I'd keep Pope in, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think I would, but I think... Yeah, it wouldn't, su- it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, the friendly was on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it's a Nations League game tonight, so he's probably going to want his strongest eleven. So it would almost certainly mean the likes of Grealish he doesn't start. He'd have Sancho on the right with Sterling down the left with Kane up top. Um, and it would be uh, Pickford in goal rather than Pope. Does Ming stay in the well, squad? Uh, there's or not a lot of options there, really, because uh, I think Joe Gomez picked up a niggle. Uh, so I'd probably go with the back three yeah. of Walker, Maguire and, and Mings. Um, you know, I thought Mings, Mings did well yeah. against Republic of Ireland, obviously. Uh, from the set piece, he helped set up first goal, which, to be fair, was a clever little bit of play. Mm. So, And I've never sort of really... Seen why Ming shouldn't be in that starting eleven for England. To be honest, I think he's a very, very good centre back. Um, so yeah, I, I, it'd be nice to see him in his eleven tonight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, moving on, let's move on to Group E. It's more of an interesting group. We've got in there Spain, yeah. Sweden, um, Poland, and Slovakia. Pretty much all the S's. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Surely you've yeah, got the edge in Spain, definitely. Spain there, Jacko. Sweden, maybe. Poland, if they can get Lewandowski firing. Mm. And to be fair, the guy is just a out-and-out goal machine at the minute. So, you know, I, I think he'd be um, good. I, I, I'd sort of back him to be golden boot uh, for the tournament. Uh, mm. And to Slovakia. Yeah, Slovakia have done well to qualify. I think they may, it may be a bit too much for them. But then we 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 say this, but you, you know, we look at Iceland. Iceland didn't expect it, well they did. Um, Wales, yeah. even in their first tournament for God knows mm. how long, you know, up until they met Ronaldo's Portugal, they looked pretty much a good side for potentially winning it. So yeah, um, I'm not going to say Slovakia are going to win it or get to the semi-finals, but I just think, you know, <laughs> we. 
yeah, we can sort of underestimate them yeah, now. But if they start turning up in these games in the group stage, it's, you sort of got to sit there and think, well, you know, mm. is that to be expected? So, yeah. but yeah, no, I was right. just going to say, I, mean, I, I, I definitely see Spain on. and maybe Poland finishing the top two of that group. Yeah, I have to agree on that group as well. I mean, this is the best group for me. Group F is Germany, France, Portugal, and Hungary. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, I think Hungary are just sat there, there the and they're just sort of shaking their heads going, why have we not got um, <laughs> the Czech Republic group or something like that? Because, uh, you know, Portugal, I think I've, I've forgotten about Portugal, yeah. to be honest. Um, I think it's probably Ronaldo, Ronaldo's last Euros. Um, if not last major European tournament, he's on yeah. his, you know, he's desperate to get that, those, those records or break through whatever records he can. Um, I, if you can't have three teams qualify for it from a group, I, one of those are going to be really hard done by. Um, I could, hmm, I could, I know I said it earlier that I could see him winning it, but if, they get, don't get good results against France and Portugal. I could see Germany going out, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. Prediction <laughs> for seven months later. <laughs> um, watch Germany lose and get knocked out. I could sit there and go, I was right. Um, yeah, that one is definitely going to be too tough to call. I, I think the easiest prediction is that Hungary are going to be bottom. Um, if they... Yeah. Could you predict that one of them three, Jacko? Yeah, to be fair, I could see all three of them winning it. Um, I think France, I think if France can Mm. play as well as they did in the World Cup, I think they might have their sort of generation like Spain did in the early noughties. So to that, well, mid-noughties, sort of 2008, 2010, where they were sort of winning everything. Um, Yeah, so Mm. I could certainly see it being France's time this turn. do you, do you put them three in front of the likes of Belgium and England? Um, or not? I think if you were to look at sort of six of them, I'd probably go France, Germany, Belgium, Portugal, England, Italy, Spain. Um mm. Yeah, I, I'd probably have to go with that, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, there's I'm a lot of teams, to but again, fair. we say this every sort of time, I think the Euros or World Cup come round. there's sort of seven or eight teams that you'd expect them to be there at the end. And if they're not, it's a massive shot. Um, mm. I, I think Germany, attack-wise, yeah. have got some really, really good players. Nabry, Werner, Havertz... Um, yeah, I don't know if not Royce will, will will play one more tournament or if he's going to be picked by Lau. Um, France, you've got Mbappe, you've got Kante, you've got Coman, you've got... Um, I think there is There's a few there as well. So, yeah, it's seven months out, it's too tough to call, but I certainly see one of those sort of seven or eight winning it, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with that, mate, to be honest with you. There, um, let's move on from that to another mm. story. What's going to kill Liverpool fans is uh, Mo Salah, yeah. mate. He's, he's now obviously got COVID-19. That's a major hit for, yeah. obviously, Egypt. And I, I think it's come at sort of more, a favourable time of the international break, personally. Um, I think, obviously, he's got a self-isolate, I think it's for mm. 10 or 14 days. So... You know, it's likelihood that he'll miss a Champions League game and two Premier League games. Um, I think with the way that Yoss is playing, I don't think it will be that much of an issue. I think Yoss will just slot in where on that side, and I think you know it'll be business as usual. Um, I, I definitely think they'll want him back as soon as possible, though. Mm. Mm. Obviously, yeah, because I've got a Leicester up next. Yeah. A massive game, really. Top of the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I do you not think with the way the Otters played over the last sort of couple really of weeks do. that 
they could sort of cope without Salah for a couple of games. Yeah, they probably could. To be fair to you, yeah, I don't think it'd be a major miss. A major miss, like you said, a minute because yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's a big name in 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 football terms to to have uh, uh, you know lose. It's yeah, like Leicester Guardi around. It's a massive name for. I, I think as well, if it was but to sort of happen over a hit on us. hectic uh, Christmas period. I'm not saying that they have they, they have their break, don't they? So maybe not. Um, yeah, I think it coming at an international break is probably helpful for them. Um, I think had it been just after an international break with Champions League going and League Cup and all that sort of stuff, it would have been more problematic. Uh, but yeah, for, for for the fact that it was done during yeah. an international break, I think it will be okay for them. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, another one is mm. obviously Scotland qualified for the Euros, mate. And it, yeah, uh, yeah. Scottish FA, £8.3 million pound for them qualifying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a major amount of money for the Scottish League. Well, but How much would that invest into the Scottish If, if they had teams sense, and... they'd invest at a grassroots level. If they really had any sense, they'd invest at a grassroots mm. level. Um, I think, yeah, I think with them, as, as we've talked about it before, I think Scotland, Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland and Wales... For the the fact that their catchment areas are so so much smaller compared to England, I think they need to improve from the ground up and mm. and sort of get these kids spotted earlier. You know, hopefully help them get developed into sort of potential Premier League Championship quality players, um, and and sort of hopefully encourage the next sort of generation of of kids in Scotland to sort of progress further with it. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, or yeah, or, or I think, put it into academies I, I, I or, you know, develop the lower leagues. Come out of the game. I, I really, really do. I, I think the outside of the SPL, the, the calibre of teams aren't that great. Mm. And I, I think you have to sort of develop players within sort of lower reaches of that to sort of get picked by these teams to sort of develop their quality going forward. And then obviously it helps by if they pick up two or three of those and they get by Liverpool or Arsenal or Man City for sort of four or five million, then that develops the club's infrastructure there, which means that they can then probably get better research scouting um, areas for their knowledge and picking up better players and picking up those traits and then it's sort of snowballing from there I think that's the best way to do it um, yeah but if, if it just goes into the sort of top flight of Scottish football I just I just see it as a waste of money I really really do yeah I couldn't agree more to be honest with you mate mm. But let's move moving on from Scotland again. Now I want to move across to um, obviously there's another yeah. record broken in the Nations uh, Nations League, and that was uh, the Spain captain. It took over um, Buffon's record well, for most international caps by a European yeah. player, wow. which is Sergio Ramos. Yeah, uh, wow. he has 100, 177 caps, um, but yeah. he played against Switzerland, Jacko, missed two penos. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what what do you make of um, Ramos as a player? You know, explain to me what you. Oh God, gotcha. yeah, yeah. He's one it, of those players player you, you love to or... hate. He's just as a centre half, you know what you're going to get from Ramos. He's going to be one of those niggly, annoying centre backs that just frustrate you from minute one. Um, you know, the, what he's done for Real Madrid, what he's done for Spain, is phenomenal, and he's been a massive servant of both club and country there. Um, and yeah, definitely. I, I would have liked to have seen him in the Premier League in maybe his prime years. Um, uh, I think that would have been fun, uh, especially when PK was coming through as well. You know, if you'd had those two at United instead of instead of some of the centre backs that you've seen, maybe things might have been different. But yeah, um, he's he's definitely. I think Millwall fans would love him. They they'd hate him if he was on the opposite team, but they'd love him. They, they, he'd probably be something similar to like Kevin Muscat, 
just not necessarily as psychotic as Kevin was, but definitely um, a hard-hitting centre-half that wouldn't give any, take any shit from any player, I think. Yeah, I mean, I just feel a bit, yeah. with Ramos, um, he's a bit rash. Yeah, and... I think he's had a fair it, few reds in his I career. think with those sort of centre-backs, <laughs> you always will do. Um, Pepe was the same. Um you know, mm. you, you just, you will have them at times. Um, and I, I just think for the way that Spanish football and how passionate Spani- Spaniards are about football over there, it's, yeah, he's always going to be one little fire the crowd up, get them going. Um, definitely up for the big games. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's been a great servant for, for Real Madrid and for Spain. Yeah, I've got a little bit of club club news. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. just waver a little, a few things so we can keep swapping yeah. and changing. But let's go, let's go to club news for a minute. So uh, Mourinho's been okay. suspended one match European ban. Um, I don't know if that would, you know, how that would affect um, Spurs. But yeah, they deemed they deemed Mourinho responsible for Spurs' late kickoff in the European okay. group stage match against Royal Antwerp. Do you feel that will have a, a, a No, I, I think Spurs it'll be fine. I, I don't like see Spurs not going through their group. I, I think Spurs have been... Mm. Spurs have looked very good at times. They, uh, other times they've looked pretty poor. But, yeah, I, I think Mourinho... Whatever Mourinho's doing, I think it's it's slowly gelling now. You know, they're, they're sort of currently sitting third or fourth in the Premier League. Yeah. They're looking quite comfortable there. They're doing well in the Europa League. Um, I, I think... Potentially, they could be up there for winning it if they can keep their sort of key players fit. Um, it will just all depend on, as I say, injuries and whether or not they get more favourable draws or not. Mm. Yeah, Crystal Palace are after a replacement for Van Anhol. Yeah, and the replacement is my. Why mate, are they getting rid of Mr. Van Marcus Alonso? Do you feel that? Like- at the end of the season, uh, he's out of contract. That's all I'm aware. He is indeed, yeah. Right. So from I'm guessing they don't want to renew it. I don't know if it's been said they don't want to, but it is saying, um, yeah, I, yeah, they want to replace. I've, I've been Van surprised by that, to be honest. Um, obviously, Tyreek Mitchell has done a job at left back. Now, whether or not that's because Hodgson doesn't favour Van Arnold now or he thinks he's too old or Van Arnold wants too much money for a contract renewal, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I personally don't know if it's a, a, a good move for them or not, really. I mean... Yeah, he can. Uh, um, but I think they're trying to get him well. further forward, I think. Um I know at times last season mm. before Eze came in, they had Van Arnold at left back, Stop at left wing, and they had Zaha up front with Ayu, which meant that you sort of had cover from either Schlop or Van Arnold, mm. but you also had them uh, that attacking prowess down the left as well. And both of them are really, really quick. So compared to Alonso, where I, I just don't think he's got the pace for the, the champ uh, for the Premier League um, anymore. I, I just think that would be a mistake to get rid of Van Arnold, to be honest. Yeah. Do you like yeah, Van Arnold well, more than like Alonso, Arnold, though? To be fair. Um, moving on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I think, I think if I have to, uh, I'll say Alonso's probably a better defender, yeah. but a, yeah, yeah, definitely. Van Arnold's a better going forward, in my opinion. Mm. To me, the two different left backs. I feel. Yeah. Um, moving on to, for some Man City gossip. Uh, two bits for Man City tonight, mate. We've got Guardiola oh, okay. is closer to yeah, sign yeah. a new deal with Man City, so that's good news for Man City, obviously. Uh, and the second bit for them is they're plotting a hundred mil bid for Grealish and Luis as <laughs> um, a double on Villa next summer. I mean, what what do you make of that move for Jack Grealish and Douglas Luis? Do you reckon that be a great move for them. I, I feel, to me, it'd be a bit more. If Grealish goes, you're not going to get much game time. With Phil Foden, the then? like a Chelsea, you know, like a Danny Drinkwater at Chelsea. 
because I don't see. Well, that's a good good question, mate. This is a very. Good I think Greenish is having a very very good season. Don't get me wrong. Or... But I'd have Foden. Mm. But is he is he well, thinking of playing? That's Foden what he's doing now. Further on up as a ten. Um, he's having him go further forward, and De Bruyne is sort of true, sitting true. closer to the middle, and sort of spraying the pub. Passes out. Uh, I think if you were to have Foden and Grealish, that'd be a very good one-two punch. But you'd have to look at the likes of probably Bernardo Silva and Gundogan going to sort of mm. cover that that sort of cost. Mm. I mean, I well, I think Jack Douglas Luiz is a more defensive-minded sort of midfielder, um, and I, I just think he probably wants to sort of be gone with. Mm. I don't know. He may need cover for Fernandinho. Gundogan, uh, I don't know. He just—he's not as good as he was when he first came into the Premier League. Um, so he could be looking at replacements there. Um, yeah, I, I just—I don't see where that comes from. I really don't. Uh, I think if they were to offer sort of seventy-five or eighty million for Grealish, oh, I think it might be too good for Villa to turn down. Um, I don't think Grealish is worth 100 mil though. Yeah, well, I do. Um, but I, do. I definitely feel it would be something around that. I, I would feel for Villa to sort of turn around and say yes. And the question is, you know, can they find someone that will do a better job than, than Grealish for that side? So, yeah, yeah. I think if they, if uh, they could, they're going to have to spend the big money. And it could be yeah, close to that million mark. Because, clubs aren't stupid. They, they will see that you've just sold an attacking midfielder for 80 million. So if you come calling for one of their attacking midfielders, they're going to turn around and go, we ain't selling him to you for anything less than 75. Yeah. I mean, the only other option with that, Jacko, is... If they did sell um, Grealish, could that be a possible um, move for Barkley to sign a permanent deal? Maybe. And again, like you've just said, will Chelsea... No, I don't think they will. On Barkley for Barkley's mil, 27, 26, 27 now, if not a little bit older. Um, and he... I mean, if you um, price tagged him, what would you put him at? It depends how many, how long he's got left on his contract. Um, I think if I, I think he's on his way out, I think Chelsea want to want to get rid of him to bring in other players. Um, they'd probably want twenty five, maybe thirty mil for him. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably pay that. Because he's still a decent player. I think that's what they 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 they'd sort of be expecting to sort of pay for him. Um, if they were to get him, get him for less, that'd be an amazing deal for Villa. It really, really would, because it'd keep the majority of that 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 expenditure. If they were to go for that sort of amount of money for Louise and uh, Grealish, that they could bring in, um, I don't know, maybe sort of another couple of better players out on the wing, another sort of defensive-minded centre midfielder. Um, you know, maybe sort of invest in another. Sort of couple of centre backs. I know Conser and Mings are doing really, really well for them, but outside of that, have they got a couple of centre backs that are good enough? Mm. Um, yeah. So you, you know, it's a well, it would be a good question. investment strategy if Man City were to come in for a hundred million and they were to get Barkley on the cheap. Um, as I say, I think Chelsea wants Chelsea have got enough there without Barkley and Loftus Cheek. Hence, why they've sent them out on loan. So, yeah, I, I just feel that they'd probably get a good yeah. deal if they were to get him for £20 million or something. Yeah. Mm. Now, this is one what's um, really yeah. surprised me today. Um, Spurs yeah. wanting to re-sign Christian Eriksen from Inter Milan. Uh, I mean, um, surely they're not going to go back or he's not going to go back there. Considering how much game time he got under Mourinho, it wasn't a great I deal. I think that, you know you have to sort of look at the documentary that they had on Amazon to sort of get a bit of a better idea of that. Mm. There was a stumbling block over his wages, which is why, and it was the same with Alderweireld, and it was the same with Tommy. 
Levy obviously didn't want to pay him as much as they expected or as Ericsson or, or these players expected. Yeah. So because they couldn't agree to a deal and they wanted to sort of not lose out on money in the summer, they sold into Inter for however much it was. Now, guarantee if they were to go back for him, they'd have to pay more than what they sold him for. And it still brings up the question of, can they afford his wages? Now, if they were to swap him for Ali, yeah, um, or Ali was to go, mm. maybe Manchester City, um, and they get, a, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 million for, for Ali, then, yeah, they'd probably be able to afford Ericsson. Um, Mm. But again, it depends on what Mourinho does because you know I, I, Eric's is what thirty now, um, if not a, a little bit older. Be, so I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, mm. As a Spurs fan, though, yeah. would you want to see him back? Well, Spurs are doing really. Um, oh no, he's twenty-eight. Ericsson's twenty-eight. So, yeah, he's he's got maybe five five years left in him, maybe six. Um, I think if they could keep Bale, and they were to have Ericsson behind behind that, and you have Son and Kane, and you've got two sound defensive midfielders, and you've got two sound centre backs. I, I think that Spurs side would be a very, very good side. Um, I think if they could get Bale, if they can get Bale fully fit and Bale firing, I think that three, that that attacking three, I still maintain, would be one of the best in the Premier League, if not the best. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mourinho likes a certain style of player. Likes a cert- likes a player to have a certain sort of work rate. Whether or not Ericsson would be able to give him that, I don't know. Um, but I, I just think there was a lot to do with his contract and outside of playing time that caused that issue with Spurs and Ericsson last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Ericsson well, would probably you know, love to go Ericsson, back as well, I'm sure he's probably missing um, the print. You know, Ericsson had... A good season last year. He got to the Europa League final with Inter. Um, I still feel Inter didn't play well enough to win that. I still think Inter should have won the Europa League last year. Um, they've been a, Inter have become a bigger side in Serie A. Um, I know they've not started off well. I, I, they say started off great. They've They've got 12 points from the first sort of seven games, and they're five points behind AC. Now, if if they want to sort of try and push to sort of compete with AC Milan, they probably need to offload some of the wages, and sort of bring in fresher players. So, yeah, I, it's a tough one. Um, I I just don't know if it would be worth it financially for Spurs to bring him back. There we go. Um, yeah. I know we spoke about Liverpool, but I forgot to add this one in now. Obviously, they've got loads of injuries. Daryl Yamma. Liverpool have been offered Yamma on a free. They have indeed. So, the former Newcastle and Watford mm. right-back, Daryl Yamma. Now, it doesn't say if they've accepted the offer to take Yamma, but I mean... No. <laughs> would no, you be happy with that too. if you was a Liverpool fan? Um, would you be happy with Daryl Yamma? Liverpool's youngsters... There's some there's some good youngsters coming in there, and they've they've turned, they've they've pulled up trees over the last couple of seasons. You know, he, he gave the kids the FA Cup, and basically said that's your mode for playing football for Liverpool's first team, and they played well in it. Um, you know, they've got the likes of of Nico Williams, Reese Williams, Phillips. I think there's another kid, Phillips. There, they're all thereabouts. Now. Yeah. If they want cover, they've got it. If they want a starting centre-back, I'm pretty sure there's better options out there than Daryl Yamaha. 
Possibly, possibly, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, the only thing I don't, I, I do agree with what you're saying. I mean, the only thing oh, that's the yeah. question of if 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 one of them youngsters came through and they had to play for ten games or whatever, do you, I don't would they have enough quality or pedigree to be playing at that sort of level straight yeah. like that rather uh, than uh, no, I, I, I certainly see where you're coming from, but if he's not used he's to. You know, he played in Watford and Newcastle sides that were heavily reliant on defending. Whereas at Liverpool, they're pressing from the front, they're they're sort of in your faces, and they're going to have balls over the top for pacey players to run onto. And the question is, is Yanmat going to be physically fit and quick enough or positionally sound enough to cover that? And I don't think he is. Otherwise, 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 they would have kept Lovren or no, something like that, get, yeah. and it would have been a lot easier. Mm. But they got rid of Lovren, mm. so I, yeah, it is. But I don't think anyone yeah, expected Van Dijk to, do, to have that happen to him three, four, five weeks into a season, basically. Uh, but then, but then saying that. I think we all said it during the yeah, summer I mean, that yeah. Liverpool needed to invest in the centre half. Yeah. And now, if they're relying on Daryl Yamet to sort of come and rescue them, I, yeah, I, it shows that they didn't focus properly on what they needed to get. Do you reckon they might give him? Offer in the end, if they, you know, I, I think the best option would be to give him a contract to the end of the season. And. I mean, let's look at this yeah. though, mate. Dal Yamma is is still a Dutch international. Um, but he hasn't had a club though since October, so not long, not long ago. Um, yeah. but he is thirty-one years of age. Now, like you said, has has he got enough in him fitness-wise to keep up with with the Prem? With I don't know people like Sterling running at you, Vardy running at you. Yeah, see, is I don't think he is for a team like the champions of Liverpool. And then where do you find him? If he does sign, does he go straight back down the pecking order when all these come back? Or does he keep his um, spot in the team? I know it depends on how he's been playing, but... I, I personally think it would I be just, a mistake uh, signing him. I, I, I can I'm certainly see they need it because, as I said, they didn't invest in the centre-half in the summer. And with what's happened to Gomez and, and Van Dijk, they obviously now need that cover. Mm. I just feel that... I just feel it would be a backward step if they were to bring in Yanma, personally. There we go. Uh, moving on to Championship. Obviously, yeah. earlier on in the week, Gary Monk got the boot from Sheffield, which I was uh, quite shocked shocked about. They've now appointed Tony Pulis as their new manager. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, what do you make of Pulis and what do you make of Monk? If it was Millwall, Jacko, would you go either. for Pulis or would you go Monk? Personally. I, I'd, I'd be happier <laughs> with me and Charles, mate, to be brutally honest. Would you be honest. more happier than with Monk? I, I wouldn't want neither of them near my club. Neither <laughs> of them. No. Um, Pulis has got either, a style. I think if, if I had to choose... That's how he does it. Um, whether or not yeah. that, that change will be mm. better for Sheffield Wednesday or not, you don't know. Um, I think... Monk being sacked after they've been given half of their points back and then getting a draw against a Millwall side, which, to be fair, yeah. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday were the better side. We were shocked. So, mm. exactly. so I, I just think and there's something dodgy with that. The the table. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Gary Monk anyway. Yeah, I do. But I just feel that he should have been given more time. Mm. Um, I think that... Yeah, definitely. They 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 were unlucky not to beat Noel. Um, and the fact that they've not really given any sort of chance to see what would have happened after the point. You know, they they're given what a game after the points deduction. Um, so I would have probably waited for maybe yeah. sort of two yeah, or three game, to yeah. see if the confidence and the morale after that bit of news boosted the players. They started playing again, and therefore they you know they've got. They, they sort of bounce straight up the table. Yeah, 
Yeah, mm. I mean, the way I look at it, what a Sheffield expected. That's you know, I think I, in my opinion, yeah. I think Monkey's done a great job since since this deduction. He's took it on. He could have walked away at the start of the season saying, "Look, I'm off." He hasn't. He's stepped there. He's done it. He's took it on. Yeah, they got it mm. half reducted, but yeah. it's still even with a half reduction, mate. They're off the bottom of the league table. So yeah, I just well, can't we, we know that. Then again, um, I'm a Pulis fan, and I like Pulis. I mean, Pulis, yes, is maybe they brought him in because he's more of a defensive manager. Maybe who likes playing the um, long balls? I don't know if that's their style they want to play. That's their, you know. Yeah. But is that the right style yeah, yeah. for the championship? Because you've got to go in the championship, mate, and score I, goals. I, like I, you I just Jack think that, that that team needs a bit more confidence. You know, as much it. as you've got a good defence. I, I think if they come out of the international break, knowing the fact that they were off the bottom with these minus points, they weren't there anymore, they could sort of start fresh and go, right, OK, here we go. Let's let's get the ball rolling. Because what happens if Pulis doesn't win his first three games in charge? Then what? Well, but this is what I mean. So, what was the point of getting rid of well, Yeah, then, he's, then he'll get the boot. You know. Mm. Mm. Unless, again, mate, behind the scenes. Because as much as I, like, I think Monkey Sam, well, he has had a hell of a lot of clubs. And I'm thinking now, is it, it must be something to do with him as a gaffer. Because didn't yeah, he have yeah, that big yeah, yeah, with him as his assistant manager or his you know, assistant um, manager at the time? Yeah, there was, the, you know. Mm. I think, yeah, I think Swan there was something Z. there between him and Loudrop. Um, Stuff there. I think he sort of, uh, you know, mm. I, I don't know how true it is, but, you know, there, there were rumours circulating that he sort of helped influence the board's decision to sort of move Loudrop on. Um, so, yeah, I mm. I don't know. I, I, I just think, give him a chance after they've got this bit of good news and just see what happens. You know, Millwall Millwall have kept the most clean sheets by any team in the top sort of four or five leagues in Europe plus the championship. In 2020, they've kept the most clean sheets. They've kept 16 clean sheets this Mm. calendar year. They're a tough side to get get anything against. Creatively, Millwall are shocked. But there were times on that game before, before the international break that Sheffield Wednesday... Had Bielkowski not been in, in fine form, would have been sort of two or three goals up, and I would have sat there and gone, "Yeah, do you know what? That's fair result." Mm. Um, you know, and if if that was the case, would they have sacked him? Yeah, and I highly doubt they would have done. So I think it's a bit a, a bit preemptive, well, yeah. a bit sort of no, I don't not needed. Um, Pulis is a great addition to a backroom staff in the Championship. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a big fan of his style of football. But if Sheffield Wednesday get near the playoffs, then it's obviously worked. If not, was there a real point to getting rid of Monk in the first place? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you, uh, obviously, now, Pudisco, what do you reckon his, well, what his targets have been set as? Do you reckon they've been set as to stay off? I, 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 I think they're, thinking, they're going to want to push him as high as he can. Push or um, whatever. I think they're going to want to finish top half, if not just outside the playoffs. I know... For a long period of time last season, Sheffield Wednesday were in and around the playoffs. It was only sort of, I think it was just before COVID and then the, mm. the project restart, I think that's when they slipped. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think the board feels that they should be higher up the table than what they, they are now. So if he doesn't get the playoffs, he may have sort of two or three months at the start of next season to see how it goes. And then... If that's not going well, I could see Pulis out the door there as well. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I can, to be honest with you, mate. I mean, it's one of these, isn't it? One of these jobs yeah. where you feel like whatever manager goes in there. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. It's, it's a tough job. I mean, can you see can you see Monkey going anywhere else well, in the Championship? I mean, what managers do you feel are under, the title. You know, under watch at the minute? I mean, I know um, we were saying Neil Harris. I mean, yeah, the, has, the international um, I, I think he's got a proven that, A lot of fans wouldn't be happy with that, though, because of the Swansea ties. Um, I think, mm. you know, Mark Warburton's not really started off well at QPR. They're 18. Um, yeah. No. Derby. 
maybe, um, is an option there. I think if, mm. you know, you're looking at Huddersfield, you're looking at Preston, you're looking at Cardiff, whether or not he'd go back to Birmingham, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few teams there that if they don't have a good restart after the international break, that there'll be pressure for their managers to get results. And a couple of them may make the snap decision to get rid of them. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, and let's move on quickly to uh, what I wanted to speak about as well, mate. Yes. Um, obviously, Rich, uh, Richie Wellens left Swindon Town. We spoke to Brett Pittman last week about about that. Um, he hasn't got off to the greatest starts. He lost his last game. Um, I can't remember. No. It was two 0 actually to Bolton Wanderers, who are not in the great form themselves. Do you feel? Do you feel that was uh, a bit suspect? I mean, considering he's took Swindon up from League Two I to don't League know, and to he's dropped honest. back down. Um, if it's a case of, well, it's probably a case of because of what he did at Swindon, the ownership at Salford feel that he would be a suitable candidate to get Salford promoted because he's done it before. Um, yes, they probably should have got a result against Bolton because Bolton have been in free fall for the last sort of two, two and a half years. Um, so, yeah, it's not great, but I'd probably give it a couple more games and sort of, because it's going to be a case of he's then got to try and um, get his philosophies, his style, his management messages across to the players. You know, they, they've got to try and invest in that from the off. Whether or not they can, you don't know. But, yeah, it's it, give him a bit of time and we'll see. Uh, we'll see come middle of December. And finally, to play us out this week, we have the incredible Jeff Moore. I first heard Jeff perform on the Jake Quickerton's Instagram Live and I had to get him on to play his latest single. So if you'd like to give us a quick insight to your latest song, Enough Is Enough, Jeff, and introduce it for us, that would be great, mate. Yeah, it's my latest release, uh, September 2020. Um, yeah, Enough Is Enough, and it was a pleasure recording and doing the video and like I say it's helped a lot of people so I just hope people can relate share it play it stream it download it and enjoy it that's the most important thing but yeah Adam it's been great thanks for having us on man
Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.